working. Now on Anchor.fm. This is the first we've heard of this. You told us, you told us, you're telling us now. Yes. Why do you on keep air? secrets from us, Chris? This is I told you I was looking into, so I, even, I think I even told you last time that I was going to do it. What if the park gets shut down and the dinosaurs go crazy and they kill everybody? Great. Hey, great. That means the writers of the fifth movie will die. I think the answer is a little bit more simple than that. I think the answer is that you have a sick fetish for getting surprises out of us on air. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to steal all the embryos so we can sell them to the one guy who we never got his company thing or his entire backstory or anything. Newman! Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh. 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 So 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 we're on. This is this is the interesting. Now I have questions. We're okay. on Anchor FM now. So yeah, Anchor dot FM, which means audio only. And and if I'm correct, you can actually download an episode. Where where where? Really? And this is and this is available as we speak, or will be available. Will be available soon. Like at, this episode will be the first one up. Will then I'll, then all the past ones will come wait, wait, subsequently. Wait, wait, wait. I need to know, Chris. Are you gonna post every other episode that we've met that you've? Met? Yes, Jesus, Lord in heaven, yes, God. I would, I would, I would expect so. Um, but again, this you're is so antagonistic, Zach. Stop. No, you're you're getting you're getting very loud, Chris. You surprised it's me. My show, okay. Shocked by our, how could you be shocked by our defensive and somewhat confused reaction? How is this a bad thing? This is my question. Why are you getting... Why are you getting all fussy? I'm not getting fussy. I just... I'm just uh, shocked. I think it's great news. Um, uh, So what date would you say that these would be available by? What date? Um, This first one, I'm pretty sure I can get tomorrow. And then I think for like the next few weeks, I'll start getting the past episodes up, including the ones I've missed. Tell our listeners who are going to be hearing about this soon. What? They're hearing about it right now! Well, yeah, I mean, he makes a good good point. If he's he's putting it out, and then this is really going to be hard for them if they hear this, like, months from now. But, like, okay, so... So you're going to be putting this out, and when, since it's the first episode out, we're telling people, since they get to hear for the first right time, now. that there will be past episodes going to be showing up from the past. First yes. Day, I think that's weird. I, mean, I guess we're starting with Jurassic Park so they can start with the series with us. I'm glad we're going to be audio only. I'm glad that people get to download them now. <sighs> audio only. All right. Woo. We're not even going to talk about the news, okay? We're not even going to talk oh, about don't... it. No, you already exhausted it. You already, you, you already spent all your ammo before I started recording. You already spent all your ammo, Zach. Let Alex speak. Since, since this is going to be a first episode for a lot of people, and since it's it's a discussion, we all think that sucks. But uh, whatever. The world is his oyster now. 
he was always going to do well, even if he did movies. It didn't matter whether he made the third one or whether he did, and it was okay or not. Like he was always going to make good movies after this. He he came out of this okay. He came out of this like a gentleman. Disney's the one that made the poor decision. So. Yep. I said everything in the last now, episode. You guys will hear this it one later. Franchise we're gonna talk. How about this one franchise, eh? We have spun a wheel, and it has, we last episode we have we spun a wheel, a wheel of um, movie series that we want to cover on the show. They range from good or bad. They range from mm-hmm. Terminator to um what's the best one on there uh there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones on there like uh we've got the fast and the furious series oh yeah i started started this show on star wars because episode eight was coming out you know like screw it we're gonna talk about this thing this malignant giant um jurassic park no star wars at the time um, oh yeah. After that, we lingered a bit, and then we went into Transformers. And Alex has never been the same since. Um, no, I I have mental and emotional scars. Um, every now and then, I think just last week I was walking down the street, and uh, I grabbed somebody and I started making like transforming noises with my mouth, and I just spit all over <laughs> them, and they had to like have people drag me away from them. Uh, it was terrible. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen when Bumblebee comes out. I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna like. Start running around like punching random strangers. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm enjoy player. Bumblebee. I'm gonna enjoy it. It looks actually pretty good. Directed, no, it, it looks all right. It looks all directed right. by the gu- shut up, Zach. Directed by the guy who made Kubo and the Two Strings. Say you say he's a caustic. So I'm optimistic. Uh, yeah, I do like Kubo and the Two Strings. So. Yeah. And like Coraline, and I, he, I he's been in Laika forever now, so he's made good movies, or has been a part of good movies. He also made Box Trolls, so just remember that. Yeah, Box Trolls ain't bad. Box Trolls. Okay. Um, so it landed on Jurassic Park, the last one... Go ahead, Alex. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I feel like if he works, since he's worked in, like, animation like that for so long, I feel like he'll bring a lot of life into Bumblebee. Hopefully. So, the wheel. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, then we did Narnia. That was a, that was a trip. Um, I, I think I really like that. Like, I don't know why you're so hateful on Narnia. Narnia was not that bad. I wasn't hateful. I was uh, timid of its possible boredom uh, of boredom of it. And to be honest, they were not boring. They weren't boring at all. I, I still I, feel bad. I really enjoyed them. <laughs> I, enjoyed so... them. I will be honest, though. I, I am still to this day the second one is still my favorite. I think it was the favorite. My favorite as well. Listen, no, it's the best one. Full disclosure: I'm a Christian. I'm not a conservative, but I am a Christian. My, I told my circle of friends. My circle of church friends, that Prince Caspian was the better movie, they almost laughed at me. Dude, Caspian. They don't know. Like a it's like a it's like a mini Lord of the Rings parts of the Caribbean thing. It's like awesome. And it like also came out around the same time as all those Anyway. It was fun. Oh, it was so fun. Anyway. It's a solid fantasy movie. So the wheel does decided uh, Jurassic Park because this 
podcast has not covered Spielberg enough, apparently. <laughs> Ironically, it. Yes. Um. So. We're celebrating. Um. So we're gonna do it. Jurassic from Jurassic Park, all the way to Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. I and maybe if this podcast lasts long enough, we'll get to Jurassic World three. I cannot wait until I get to Fallen Kingdom. I have heard terrible things about it, and it's my kind of terrible. I mean. <laughs> I mean, we, we've talked about we've talked about this a lot, but it's this a is what mess, I think. Is but man, that movie, <laughs> that movie, we talked about it a lot. I can't. Uh, I we, we talked about it a lot. Uh, I, I would say uh, what I find interesting about this series is that it starts really, 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 really great, and then it kind of loses a bit of steam, and then it gets really boring in the middle, and then it sort of picks up in in its insanity. And then it just gets absolute insane. So I, I it, like its entertaining level goes from like, oh, the quality is really good to its quality is meh, but its content is insane. Well, anywho, this episode is going to be kind of a special one for me because this movie has a very special place in my heart. Uh, being the first movie I ever watched ever. Uh, oh wow! Being the first adult novel I ever read ever. And honestly, just genuinely being one of my favorite movies of all time and one of the big things that made me want to go into film in general. So you're like Dawson's Creek. What? (laughs) That's an older reference, but yeah. I, 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 yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, this is a very special movie to me. And I, I, I really look fondly back at this movie and so much of this movie and its actors and its, and it's, you know, it's writing and it's direction that it went. And genuinely how it changed the film industry as a whole is just so much. It, it, this is, I would be hard pressed to say that this is not, if not the, one of the most iconic movies of all time, period. Yeah, I can't remember the first time I watched this, but I do remember the first time it stuck with me, like really stuck with me as a memory maybe it really was the first time i watched it but i don't think so i think it was just the like one of those times yeah and someone was playing it on one of their big screen tvs and my mom was just shopping and i was just standing there watching the raptor kitchen scene and i was just in thralled like there, i wasn't like if someone wanted to kidnap me in that moment that was the best time to do it <laughs> like i i could <laughs> I was not taking my eyes off that screen, man. I, the world was gone to me. Like, I, I remember full. I remember fully going to the movie theater and taking the time to go see Lost World, and that's one of the movies that sticks with me as a kid because of the memories that I have of like actually at the time I was at that age. But I, I think I watched Jurassic Park as a young kid, and then I never, re- it never really stuck with me. I think I remember having a good time, and then years later I remember watching this, being like, I've seen this. This is really good, and then watching it and being like, Oh, this is like damn good. I really have to go out and see this again. Yeah, and then whenever I mean, it was on TV, I, I watched it. I'm going to be honest, in my current, you know, I kind of have a, sh- a shelf of, you know, 50 or so books. I, my oldest book on that shelf is a, an, a like a 10th anniversary edition of Michael Creighton's Jurassic Park. And the second oldest is a, you know, copy of Lost World. I mean, those are two of my favorite books of all time. And 
I mean, Chris, I don't know if you've read either of them, but they are... They Let's just say this movie could have easily been rated R if they had gone deeper into the novel. <laughs> easily. <laughs> the novel's pretty insane. <laughs> the novels, the novels are crazy. Awesome. Like, Michael... Michael Crichton's a pretty crazy writer. Like that's what makes he's he's great at structuring a story, and he's great at premises, and he's great at inciting incidences in um in worlds that he built. Uh, in terms of his content, like like Stephen King, sometimes he can just go down alleyways that are <laughs> that are really crazy uh, and insane. Like uh, if, if people if people really made his movies, like truly made his movies, I would want someone like Sam Raimi or the guy who makes like. Like Stuart Gordon, the guy who makes like the reanimator movies, to really go to town on one of his movies because I think it would work out really great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've seen like Timeline. That's just to a real like Michael Creighton novel lover get uh, in terms of a movie, and like Timeline's just like a weird movie in of itself. It's weird, but it's also not very good. No, 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 no. Um, well, the book's really good. It's just that the movie's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean. You know, right now, you know, they're they're in the works of doing Pirates Latitudes, which is, you know, I, I like Pirates Latitudes. It's not, you know, the best book in the world, but, like, and uh, I know that they are talking about doing Next, if you ever read Next. Uh, no, I'm not very, I'm not very, uh, so, so he wrote, like, four or five books all about genetics, which were Next, um, Congo, Jurassic Park, and Lost World. And they are just nutty. Like, next is... What? Congo was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. It's a crazy book, but it's a fun movie. Um, you know, yeah, he... Oh, Spear. Did you read Spear? Spear was weird. <laughs> uh, I didn't read it, but I did read the movie. Yeah, I mean, Rising Sun. I liked Rising Sun a lot, too. I don't um, think I know that. It's alright. Um, what else was, like, really good? Um, you know, obviously, I if you've uh, ever actually, you know, watched the series, Andromeda Strain has been, like, remade a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm also, I'm a big fan of uh, all the, I'm, I'm a big fan of Westworld. And all the elements that have yet have come from it, like both the sequel and the original series and the new series, like I really like how people have run with his ideas. I think Westworld is the best example of how you can franchise one of his ideas and run with them on a sci-fi level. Whereas Jurassic Park, they have totally, totally mishandled that throughout five movies. Like they, they, they had everything in their hands at the beginning, and they just by the fifth movie, they just just absolutely put the bed, and it's it's well, crazy because yeah, Westworld. The unfortunate it's thing about really it is like thrown into and involved into something that, by its iteration now, really knows what to do with its ideas. Like it can well, be all these ideas at the, once. The so. irony of the, the situation is a lot of what they they ended up going with was they took a lot of elements from like the first, from the two books and they really split them out amongst like all the movies and then the books were heavily i mean jurassic park itself was heavily theorizing into like territory that, like jurassic world and fallen kingdom were going into with you know uh genetic hybrids was a thing they had mentioned a couple times that ian malcolm had 
talked about when creating dra- dragon curves. Do you know what dragon curves are? It's 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 you know it's chaos theory stuff. It's weird. Um, it's um, it it's it's weird. Uh, but uh, and he heavily theorized, you know, if they can make dinosaurs recome to life, what's stopping them from just making a weapon out of this? That was a big thing they they were talking about in the book was, you know, what's stopping them from just weaponizing these animals? Period. Like you have this idea, but what about your successor and this and that? And so much of this book, I mean, this, I mean, if you look at the book and you look at the movie, I mean, they are two different things in their its entirety. And I, I would incur heavily, especially going into Lost World, to watch um, the YouTube series What's the Difference? Because they did a great breakdown of both Jurassic Park and Lost World, uh, covering the differences between the book and the movie. And they, they're very fun. I, I have seen that, and to be honest, I do think the differences are interesting, but I think the main differences are is Spielberg. It's what yeah. Spiel, It's the story that Spielberg wanted to tell, and he makes it very interesting by, with two points, and they contrast with each other, which is what makes the story and the visuals work so well, and that's uh, life finds a way, yeah. and look at these dinosaurs, and how amazing are these dinosaurs? They're so beautiful, but remember, life finds a way. Like that's those two things are constantly being reminded throughout the film. Like what we're about to see is amazing and beautiful and kind of scary and majestic. But you got to remember, like it's life, and life will like life will get you if it wants to. It'll it'll eat you if it needs to. And that those two points are all he wants to narrow that movie down and to make an adventure film. He knows if he brings all those bare like the. point of it it's the spectacle of seeing these things look real it's and yeah, it's like it it's interesting because i think he he understood what made the idea of movies um and uh novels different you can paint so much in your head with novels so you can put so much paint you can give so much paint for people to use in movies though like they what you see is what you get and Spielberg knew that. He knew that all you needed to do was make people believe that dinosaurs were real in this story. That's it. If he had that, then he'd do whatever he wanted in terms of scaring them. And that's all he wanted. And it's it's sort of the same thing with Lost World. Like That element is there, but there's like a humanitarian effort element to it, which, I, which is why I think the third movie is just really kind of boring. I think the fourth movie had worked more if they had gone a little bit more with those efforts from the second movie and and streamlined it more. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the big thing that they did with, you know, I, I, Chris, I don't want to spoil you too much, but that that's kind of the, the almost the interesting appeal of the first half of the fifth movie is that they kind of do streamline the, the idea of the second movie down quite a bit, but they cut, like... No, they rip it off. They straight up copy it. Yeah. They straight up copied it, and then they cut like all the interesting parts of it, and it was like, "What the fuck?" Pardon my French, but they, they Zach the swears. By movie. the way, I do. I swear, like a sailor. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, this is this is supposed to be a clean podcast, but Zach and I—they uh, break the rules. We, I don't try to break the rules. It's just let me put it this way: if you're gonna hear it from me. It's going to be passionate. It's good. There's going to be a reason, okay? 
I'm going to tell you right now. When I swear, it's going to be because I mean it. It's going to be like uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Whenever Raph finds swears in Grand Budapest Hotel, it matters. And uh, that's what the effect I'm going for on this show. <laughs> that's just a story. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, um. Wake up. Hey. <laughs> At least I'm here. Um. So, yeah. I have not seen this film in more or less than five years. And when I watched it, I hadn't, I wasn't really watching it. It was more of me and my mom were hanging out and I was just in the background. Oh, I finally watched it. Just watched it. Right. Yeah. My God. Can Spielberg do any wrong besides kingdom of the crystal skulls? Yes, 1941. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Speaking from someone who has not seen that movie, okay. The worst movie he's ever made is 1941. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, 1941's pretty bad. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean... I hope you, like understood chris i i mean i i'm sure you understood i just i hope you like appreciated what what like me and alex were talking about for the first you know i mean whatever long we've been recording this for you know uh 22 minutes first 22 minutes about <laughs> the importance of this movie and why it michael Crichton is the best and why this should be the maestro book podcast i mean it's hard to talk about this movie and not talk about the book, though. That That's the thing. I'm about to it's, talk it's about not, it without knowing the book at all, so here we go. The, well, it's not necessarily about the book, Chris, so much as it is about Michael Crichton. Like, Michael Crichton had a huge hand in how these movies were developed. Like, he knew, they deviated from the book, sure, but he and Spielberg were good friends, and, like, he had a huge hand in how the script was made and how they were produced. Like, he, he looked at Spielberg and he was... He wrote the was like, script? I want to narrow it down to really simplistic ideas. And Crichton was like, sure, cool. And then he looked at it and he was like, oh my god. Like, they didn't even think that they wanted to make more movies after Crichton died in the 2000s. But eventually Spielberg was like, no, 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 I want to barrel through and give other directors chances to make this franchise something. But, like, Crichton had a huge hand in how these movies were made. I mean, he wrote the screenplay alongside David Coe. He and the guy who... huge hand in how these were developed yeah i yeah um I mean, it, so it, after it, so, so i've been chris and like getting this new vibe from it like what what would you say after seeing jaws and saving private ryan in this like wh- well i would say between this and jaws which one do you think is better oh why did you put me on the spot oh you've seen them both recently and i and i and i, and I I, I feel is the better movie in my own heart, but at the end of the day, like Jurassic Park, watching it now again, like I was seeing things I'd never seen before. Just how smart it is! It's such a tight little movie. It, it's it it's so good. It's just a freaking machine. Uh... Help you guys of learning this. Kathleen Kennedy, the current 
you know, head of uh, Lucasfilm. Also, uh, we're not going to get into that. Uh, produce this movie. I mean, this movie is made by, you know, Hollywood royalty right now. I mean, we're talking Steven Spieler, Kathleen Kennedy, Michael Creighton, Sam Neill's in this movie, Laura Dern, Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, Dern. I mean, Pete Wong, Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, this, this cast in this movie, like, these are people who are still making movies now and making a hell of a good movies. Like, uh, I mean, Jaws. Are you okay? I gotta say Jaws. Are you okay? I gotta say Jaws. Jaws uh, just came out of left field. I appreciate the I appreciate the work behind that. I kind of agree. I think Jaws is great, but in this movie there's a part of me that's like I don't know, like this like this may be because here's the thing, like the year before this was Schindler's list. He and then he to, did like, it again. He did it again too. Just this just recently. I know where you're I yeah. know where you're going. He did this again. Yeah, with Ready Player One and uh The Post. And uh, and the Post. Yeah. yeah I, I think both of those movies are good in their own right, and they are, of course, like one is a human drama that's more of a throwback to a certain sort of cinema, and the other one is a explorative sci fi, like a technically uh, a challenge for him. But it, it that element is certainly here with Schindler's List and Jurassic Park, without a doubt. That challenge is amazing for him to go from one to the other. But, like, I'm talking about quality. I'm talking about, like, the one-two punch of Schindler's List, which if you have not seen Schindler's List, Chris, Schindler's List is amazing. It's an amazing movie. And to go from there, which is one of the most dramatic, if not best, Holocaust movies that have ever been made, ever, to make one of the most exciting, fun adventure movies, like period is crazy that's crazy like both of them to be of the same quality of two different genres and have two like Schiller's list is a black and white film and it's crazy like the jurassic park is a really colorful pretty inventive uh use of sci-fi uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, for reference, I keep, I keep uh, both. alex uh jurassic park came out first then schindler's list <laughs> Oh, that's right, yeah. I read it back and forth. Well, I was it today, and I was looking at him back and forth. But either way, the point is to go from one to the other. Yeah. Wait. Really? <laughs> Jurassic, Wait, Park, Jurassic Park came out June 11th, 1993. Yeah. And Chandler's List came out December 15th, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? They're both 93? Yeah, apparently. I lo- I looked at it today. I thought that I thought one was ninety four. No, I mean, I I mean it's all yeah. right, all right. I I gotta be the one. Who no, like that. I think I think one of them is ninety four. The other one is ninety three. I may be wrong about which one was first, but they can't both be the same year. They are the same year, man. I I'm I'm telling you. Either way, just the one-two punch of either one. It doesn't matter which one is first. The quality and the difference of them, the vast differences of them, is amazing. Okay. Like, what other directions is the one-two punch like that? Zach is right and wrong. But Schindler's List did come out after Jurassic Park. But so. in this country, at least, Schindler's List came out February 4th, 1994. That's weird. Not so. 
Well, hold on. At least so, in yeah, this country. Right. Yeah, I, in this country, in the, America. The that's I'm, when, that's... Dude, I'm looking at it right now, and it's... Huh? Yeah. Wikipedia. What does it say? 94. Wait, go to, go to IMDb. I looked up yeah, IMDb. February 4th, 1994, USA. For what? Oh, okay, I see where lost. I was Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. It had a limited release on December 15th, 1993. <laughs> yeah, of course, because it's an Oscar movie. They want to get within the they want to get within the rounds yeah. of that. But no, and then it got a, and then it got its wide release on February 4th. That's what I'm talking about, man. All right. Cuz it had a DC premiere in November, then the next day it had a New York premiere and then it had a limited release and then it had a full release. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I knew I knew that sounded right. Jeez. Anywho. Anyway. Anywho. Mm, yeah. Anywho. Yeah, Zach. I got you, man. And you know what I gotta say to you right now on the air, Zach? You wanna go see you the? What I gotta doctor? say to you? You better say what when I ask you that question. I was gonna say. I was gonna say thank you for for getting tickets for Secret Cinema for us. You're welcome. I'm going to say thank you on the record. Thank you for that. That was okay. very easy. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> sorry. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Yeah. Because all my thoughts that I, that I usually say for the intro, I'm just going to pour into. What the? Okay, hang on. Stand by. Go away. Okay, there we go. All right, you guys ready? (laughs) (laughs) A pop-up landed on my screen, so I was like... Either you have a ghost in your house or something's happening. I don't know. All right, are you guys ready? Yeah, we're ready. Are are you? (laughs) Yes, yes, I am ready. Are you sure? I am pretty sure. Okay. Jurassic Park, uh, the first movie, directed by Steven Spielberg, released on June 11th, 1993, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, B.D. Wong, and Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Did this come out? No, this came out before uh, Pulp Fiction. This came out before. Okay, so what did Sam Jackson what did Sam Jackson do before Jurassic Park then? Um, a bunch of small roles in like New Jack City. Okay. Um, I think in um, True Romance for a grip. A lot of people are in True Romance. He did um, uh, Goodfellas. Like for a, yeah, he did a lot of bit parts. He really was slowly getting his way up, but he had been okay. like a theater actor for. A bit. It wasn't till uh, about ninety. Had he done? Had, a, uh, had he done? Game. He did Patriot Games. He did like Jungle Fever. Um, did he Just do? Of, did he do? Um, what's the one movie by uh, Spike Lee that he was in? Um, that's okay. Jungle Fever for one. No, 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 no. The other one. Um, the one is the DJ. Uh. Uh, you got me. He got I. Eh. All right. Anyway, um, I was just wondering why right. he had such a small role in this movie. Do the right thing. 
No, oh yeah, he is in Do the Right Thing. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I was, I was just wondering why. I was just wondering why he had such a small role in this movie. That was all. Dude, we gotta put Do the Right Thing on this list. Um, anyway, um, I he, he basically from like the the late '80s to the early '90s, he was building bit parts slowly but surely, the way like Paul Giamatti did in the late '90s before he started really nailing it in the early 2000s. Um, it wouldn't be till about '93, '94 that he was hitting it. With um, stuff like with stuff like um, uh, Pulp Fiction, and Pulp Fiction really blew him up. But he also did the third Die Hard movie that year, um, and both of them were really good for him. He did Hail Caesar in nineteen ninety four too. Okay. I okay. No okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I know where. He, okay. I got it, guys. I got it. His favorite color is blue, and sometimes when <laughs> he has dreams, he uh, thinks he's falling. I mean, he was in Jackie Brown, too. He, oh, that's later. That's much later. He'd already worked with Tarantino by then. Anyway, go ahead. Like, yeah, so Samuel Jackson was working his way up. This is when he was about to break out. Okay. All right. So, movie starts on Isla Nublar. Um, park employees armed to the teeth. With tasers and assault rifles and whatnot, are loading a container. Also, um, uh, Arnold, Mr. Arnold, is with them. Um, they're loading a container carrying God knows what. Um, whatever's inside the container is starting to freak out, and then somehow the door opens and the and a guard is almost swallowed in. When Arnold's just like, and like, shoot ha! Shoot! Oh totally swallowed in. He is totally swallowed in. Yeah, he is totally swallowed in. Yes, eventually he was swallowed in. That's what I was leading to. Yeah, he doesn't say shoot her until the hands like tickling his armpit. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, yes, they, they the tasered the crap the out of this thing. The danger very easily. Right. Or human or a human cruelty towards animals, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, hey, hey, wait, no, you know, Chris, what that reminded me a lot of? What? When the guy, first of all, it's really shocking when the guy goes from being, like, standing and reaching and then gets, like, he's, like, sideways up against the door mm -hmm. and he, like, shoots up. Like, that was surprising, but that reminded me a lot of the girl getting tugged uh, by the leg under the water in Jaws. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chris's that, last that, that swim. just hit me right now. Oh... I just thought, you know what we should also really add to uh, to uh, the series wheel? Oh, boy. What? We should do, We should definitely add the Unbreakable series. Oh, right. Is Split a horror movie? What? Is Split a straight-up horror movie? No, 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 dude. Unbreakable's not a horror movie, dude. No, no. He has Split. Well, it's not a horror movie. It's like, it's like a thriller. It's a it's gonna need more it, than it's that. a thriller, and I would say in in more in it's a very well shot, long, glamorous SVU episode with supernatural. Yeah. I see. I have an idea for the bad wheel, but I'm keeping it to myself for now. Um, wait, 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 wait! You think that Unbreakable and Split might be on the bad wheel? No, I said I have an idea for a option for the bad wheel. Ah, gotcha. But I'm keeping it to um, myself. But yeah, I would say, yeah, when, I think we should add to the wheel, but also I just think when Glass comes out, we should probably just watch both of them before we watch Glass. 
I agree. We should set it up where we watch both of them. In the there are a lot of movies coming out. Gosh dang it. What? There are a lot of movies coming out. There are, but really a specifically interesting series. I think that this is... I think if Glass turns out the way everyone hopes it might, it, it might end up being one of the best trilogies uh, ever made. It's true. All right. I'm hoping Glass turns out good because it will be like awesome. <laughs> I would really, I would be super excited because like, yeah, it would be awesome. Like no one would see it coming. No one would see it coming from the guy who made so many bad films and a, and like a couple decent ones and one solidly amazing one. Like no one would see that coming. No one would see that coming. How did we get here? <laughs> Gosh dang it, Zach! I don't know. I don't, I don't know, David Byrne. How did we get here? <laughs> it's, a, it's a podcast, man. What are you talking about? We we okay. So anyway, like yeah, the beginning of the movie when you see the guy go up the wall it reminded me of Jaws, but it also just it set the stakes really. It it really just shows how well he like structures the structure of the movie. Like it starts with the danger, and then it goes into setting up the pieces. And then it sets up the like inciting incident, and then it it lays the groundwork for characters and everyone else, and then boom, dinosaurs. So from there we cut to the um, Dominican Republic, <laughs> where um, the lawyer Denaro, right? Um, he visits a dig site and talks to the head honcho. What were they talking about? I missed this part. I didn't write good notes about this one. I, I think the problem the problem with the scene is that why would the lawyer go visit this guy at a dig site? If the dig site is on the island and the guy is going to see this guy or see this guy because he's also going to the island, it would make sense. But basically what they're talking the lawyer's talking to him about is after we see that guy get munched up by the raptor at the beginning He's there to say that after the death of that worker, the investors of the company are worried. They want to have uh, high-level uh, high scientists to come in and look at the park and give it an okay and say that it's safe and it's awesome and that it's cool and that they are cool with it. And that's when the guy is, pulls out the amber and he's like, Dr. Grant will say yes. And yeah. that's when he goes to find Dr. Grant. But honestly, the weird thing is why would that guy go see the other guy at the dig site? He could just make that phone call. Right. So yeah. we then jump to wait. Did I miss the lo- I missed the location. I called it a desert valley. Wherever Alan it's and Ellie are, Montana. Valley. I was Death close. Valley. Yeah. Desert valley, Death Valley. What's the difference? Um. So Valley of Bones, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it. it for reference, like. This like that location is a is a location that's used in a later Crichton novel called uh, the Dragon's Teeth, which is you know where they first discovered dinosaur bones. It's the birthplace of archaeo of uh, paleontology, all that. Whatever. That that's not the point. Sweet. Um, yeah. So Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler are at an excavation site, shooting shotgun shells into the ground and seeing dino fossils in the ground using. Sonar or whatnot. Um, so then this this was great. They uh, a spoiled kid um, later to reveal to be Chris Pratt in the later movies. No, it's not. That is his character. That is not him. They did not confirm that. 
Nor will they, nor that he do they even care about the first movie from what it sounds like. Anyway, gotta be it would be really cool if it was him, like just for the sheer stupidity of it. Like they're at that level that they might as well just say it's him. But no, they don't ever say it in the movies that it's him. So, True. so the spoiled kid just says that like it just looks like a rumors about that little boy. How many times have I told you to stop spreading rumors about little boys, Zach? Ugh. Wow. Sorry. Um, little boy rumors, Zach. This is why I don't do face cam. Um, That's a weird um, So, Alan, then, is, so this kid's being a spoiled brat. He's like, it just looks like a six-foot turkey. So Alan then freaks it, him out what, about guts and intestines like, and blood. The kid's freaked out. The, the, here's the thing that about that scene that intrigues me. Like the kid just straight up out of the blue is like, "That dinosaur looks stupid, and I don't think it'd ever be a bird." And like people back away from the kid. Like this kid's really stepping up with some stuff. And to me, it almost seems like the scene was supposed to be bigger or a bit longer. Like that kid maybe said one or two more jerky things beforehand, and Grant was just sort of tolerating it. But the, it feels like that's like the culmination of a few things that he said. Because like the crowd like backs away, and he's super aggressive about it, and the Grant's super aggressive about it. To just cut it down to one statement, it really makes what Grant does seem pretty weird. He's sensitive about his dinos, and he doesn't like kids. And he doesn't like kids. Most like kind of wants to murder the bad one. It, it reminded me of like a, a scene. It reminded me of a scene from Willy Wonka. Okay. Like if Willy Wonka ran to dinosaur park and this kid was like, "I don't think that dinosaurs could come from birds." And Willy Wonka with his top hat, his bow tie pulled out like a raptor claw, and he's like, well, "What if I told you that they just slice your intestines open and eat you while you're still alive?" And then kicks him into a river of chocolate and he dies. <laughs> it made me think of that. Alex, could you please make that version of Willy Wonka? Like, <laughs> uh, uh, done. <laughs> well, we'll muster up 150 million dollars to get Miranda you to do that. Factory and also like found a way to clone dinosaurs. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it. David Attenborough would still play John Hammond. <clears throat> so. Um, so later on, um, Alan and Ellie are discussing kids, how he doesn't want them. She's just like, what if we had this kind of kid, you know? Then when a, when a helicopter comes and uh, just causes a whole kind of ruckus, because they're blowing sand everywhere. Um, so... They just dusted that area. Yeah. Aww. They just dusted a bunch of sand to reveal rocks, and now those rocks are covered up again. So, the two go back to the trailer where they meet John Hammond. They are like, whoa, John Hammond. Our investor. America's John, I'm kidding, not America's John Hammond. Um, <laughs> so he's British. He is British. Um, he pitches to them the idea to give his new park an inspection in exchange for funding for the funding of their dig. Not dog, Chris. Not dog, dig. I wrote dog. Um, for the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Man, um, they don't dogs. They aren't dogs. 
you know, they are, it isn't like he held up the ember at the beginning of the movie. And they're like, Dr. Grant will do it. Because he, like me, is a dogger. I mean, digger. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say... Ni- I'm kidding. Um... Oh, Chris. <laughs> how, how 2018 of you. How, uh, how topical. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, so he says, I'll, fu- I will, f- if you give my, if you give my, uh, a park an inspection, I will fund your, uh, digging operation for the next three years. And, um, Ellie asks where the plane is. Yeah, they say they say yes. Funding for they say absolutely. We'll go see your park, whatever you build. Oh yeah, park. I'll see your reserve, your animal reserve. Let's go. So, real quick, they find him, or like Alan finds him in the trailer, looking through the fridge, and he opens the bottle of champagne. He's like, yep. we were saving that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it's it's pretty bad. It's a pretty bad move. It's a it's a excuse me for saying so. It's a ballsy move to just walk in and just like steal a bottle of champagne and then just open it. Yeah, you never know. You so never the kind know. of person he is going into this whole thing. What well, he spag no expense. Yeah. So mm. we're in Costa Rica. Um. Dennis and uh, Dodson uh, meet and talk about getting embryos off the island that would make Dennis a very rich man. They he is supposed to um, hide the embryos in a phony slash not phony Barbasol can. Pay close attention, kids. This is what's called foreshadowing. No, this is like... This is setting up the pieces for, like, and the inciting incident. Like, yes, it is foreshadowing in a way, but, like, also it's just really simple. We don't need, I don't remember Wayne Knight's name. I don't remember, like, what his deal was. I don't even remember what his plan was properly. But I do know that he needs that aerosol can to leave. Yeah. That's just great visual storytelling. That's just plain and simple, like... You know, you like audience. We're gonna give you the pieces so that on rewatches you can put it together. But honestly, really, this is all you need to know. He just needs this aerosol can. This is all he needs. Like when he goes down at the beginning of the thing, and he goes to visit the lawyer, visits the digger. Like when they walk into the cave and they start talking about whatever. You all you need to know are the words Grant and um, that Ember. And so when the scene opens up, it's one shot. So you see the entire space of the diggers. You see them walk into the cave. You see them walk over to what he does. He picks up the ember, and then this shot focuses right on the ember. Just so you know, like, this is important. You need to remember this. And then right when he does it, he says the name Grant. And that's all this movie is. That's what's so great about it. Like, it's not really a smart movie when you pick it apart, but that's not the point. It's to get you where you need to go, and it's it's amazing. The pace is amazing. It's great. <laughs> so, now we're in the helicopter. Um, the Alan and Ellie meet Ian Malcolm, man of legend. Um, in our world, he's a man of legend. 
for one shot. Yeah, he's played, but... he's played by this one dude who's at this point was best known for uh, horror movies. Well, he was he's in The Big Chill as well as The Fly, but yeah, he was probably best known at that point for The Fly. I mean, well, he was in The Fly, The Fly 2, Transylvania 6, 5,000. That's a terrible uh, movie. Uh, I know. That's not the idea I had. That is not the idea I had for the wheel. Across the 8th Dimension. But hey, I love Buckaroo Banzai, but it was not a hit. No, but like, he's known for like weird movies. That's like what he was known for at this point. Jeff Goldblum is a weird person, and he was in weird movies before he was in this awesome movie. I mean, Jeff Goldblum's still in weird movies, dude. Have you seen him in Thor Ragnarok? Have you seen him in Independence Day Resurgence? uh, Yeah. (laughs) We all did. Um, I I honestly (laughs) think, though, that, like, the best thing he... The best thing... I think this is one of the best things he's ever done. I think he does a lot of great work in Lost World. I think Lost World is totally underrated. But at the same time, uh, The Fly. The Fly is the best thing he's ever done. It's amazing. Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I mean, he's in it for a little bit, but like he, he nails. Like, if I think Grand Budapest Hotel, the person who won that movie for me is Ralph Fiennes, one hundred and ten percent. He comes out. That's like the one of the best, and he's the best thing about Schindler's List. Like Ralph Fiennes has one or two amazing performances, but Ralph like, without a doubt, like the best part Ralph of the Fiennes wins Grand Budapest too. Hotel for me. But Jeff Goldblum, like. Jeff Goldblum is the is one of the main reasons the fly is amazing. Like the things he had to do physically, the things yeah. that he's actually falling in love with the woman that he's I mean, acting with on set, the makeup that they do. Like I'm sorry, no, the fly is the best thing he's dude, ever done. I liked him in Isle of Dogs, but that's just me. I have yet to see Isle of Dogs, and that that's just voice work, man. I'm talking about what an actor does with his entire body. Sure, I mean, yeah, sure. I think he's really good in this. I think he's great in this. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably The Fly. Uh, have you seen The Fly? I have seen The Fly. Oh, it's just like when he does the pull-ups and his like entire body moves around the bar. Like That's gymnast level. Sh- that, that, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, like... He- so, I have this very, 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 very weird relationship with Cronenberg movies. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just like they're fun, don't get me wrong, they're fun horror movies. But the, at the same time, I'm just like, why do I like these movies? And like, like oh, Video Drums oh, really good. Don't get me wrong, Video Drums great. Uh, you know, The Fly is great. Uh, you know, Scanners is great. Like, I don't know. Like, Cronenberg's just. I have this weird, 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 weird like thing with Cronenberg. <laughs> is it the gore? No, it's not the gore, actually, which is weird. Because it, it just, like, there are times where I really like David Cronenberg, and there are times where I'm like, I don't like David Cronenberg. Like, he's like one of those directors I'm always in between whether I like him or don't like him. And it, he, it just, he can be hit or miss for me, too, but I love his weird stuff. Like, I love his weird stuff. Yeah, well, but to like, me, my favorite, To me, my favorite, like, one without a doubt would be... Uh, uh, I mean, I love the fly and all that, like, but like in my back pocket, usually it's history of violence, which uh, although a weird movie is not a gross or disgusting movie, it's it's a crime movie. It's about a guy who lies to his family and then has to have his past come back and haunt him, and then he still has to come out of it like yeah. as a human being. And that's like, yeah, it's like I mean, Crash is really fun too. Like Crash is weird in a weird sort of way. I don't know if it's a fun movie, but <laughs> it's certainly it's weird. weird, and I do love that movie. 
it's a it's like, a really somber uh, uh, movie. I don't know Cronenberg again. Like I said, I have a weird relationship with Cronenberg. It's I, I just think he he is a guy who, when he's in his element, can get the best out of actors. So why when I see Jeff Goldblum in something like that and see how amazing it is, I know I know that Spielberg did too, and I know Spielberg yeah. saw him in this in this role of like someone just being weird and talking weird and being eccentric and trying to get these ideas across to somebody and no one's really listening to him because he's eccentric and weird but he's the smartest man in the room and it's it he's making a lot of freaking sense and people should listen to him because uh these dinosaurs are going to come out and murder everyone and maybe even worse than that they may uh produce a movie called jurassic park fallen kingdom and he happens to be in that movie. And he happens to be like the guy who's again saying, don't do this shit. Just let people do shit. <laughs> Agreed. So where, where are we, Chris? Back to Willow. Back, uh, back, back, back to Willow. Yeah, back to Willow. God. Okay, so. Sorry, there's just so much. It's amazing how well we get off subject. That's it's the point. It's amazing to me. All That's right. the point. So they meet Ian Malcolm. He talks about chaos theory and attraction when they uh, they're he's hitting on Ellie Sattler. Yeah. This guy I has no clue. I'm gonna be honest. I I I think it's kind of funny that Jeff Goldblum's hitting on Laura Dern. Gonna be honest. The Grandmaster is hitting on Vice Admiral Haldo. Um, yeah. Just think about that, guys. <laughs> Just think about that. <laughs> Let that sink in. So they arrive at the island. Alan does not understand a seatbelt. So he just ties it to his waist. Not even a... Life finds a way. Yeah. Life does find a way. So does uh, Sam Neill. Um, mm-hmm. So... Then they hit the jeeps. They're driving around. Oh, as the... She's in Twin Peaks. I, I completely forgot that Laura Dern was in Twin Peaks. Oh, Laura Dern's like the David Lynch baby. She, her whole career came from David Lynch. She's been in like five David Lynch things. Like I'm trying to hold my tongue when it comes to David Lynch and Laura Dern. Like I'm not bringing that stuff up because I know you guys don't care about it. But like I love Laura Dern. Like don't give me like even when she's not with David Lynch, she had a show called Enlightenment on uh, HBO made by Mike Lee, and that show is amazing. And she's amazing in it. Like Laura Dern. Laura Dern is, I'm going to be frank, Laura Dern is the shit. Laura Dern is amazing. <laughs> like, she can be weird, but, like, she has owned movies before. Like, without a doubt, Laura Dern can carry her stuff. And I love her in this movie. Like, she she ranges from someone who really wants to watch this guy. She, she ranges from someone who's, like, messing around with her boyfriend and kids to really falling in love with dinosaurs to screaming to being the smartest person in the room to not knowing what to do in a situation. Like, she handles herself really well in this movie. <coughs> so, yeah. <coughs> Laura Dern's awesome. Um, I'll get... I'm going to spill all my thoughts when I get to them in this movie. Okay. So, right now they're driving around, and the lawyer and Hammond uh, make a bet, pretty much. Like, he's like... You gotta prove to the investors, like... And then Hammond's like, listen, the investors are gonna come to me after this. So I'd like to point out the guy who plays the lawyer is Martin Farrow, who's, like, also 
very known for like planes, trains, and automobiles. So like every actor in this movie has done like some significant movie in some form. Okay. Um. So they move on to the visitor center. Um. They uh, they're walking around and uh, Doctor Grant and uh, Doctor Sadler are astonished while Ian Malcolm is concerned. The real star of this movie, Mr. DNA, um, tells us that dino blood stuck in mosquitoes, stuck in tree sap, then turned to ember, which science can then science and boom, dinosaurs. Boom, dinosaurs. I got it right. Right? That's... Uh... Also, they, also, 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 I missed one thing. They used frogs. They stuck the blood in frogs and then did something weird with frogs. What do you mean, no? That's exactly what I heard. No, no, no. Let me explain it to you. And I'm going to, I'm going to go. So basically. You have a minute and a half. Go. Sucked out the dinosaur blood. Then got stuck in the amber. Then. Millions of years later, diggers digged it up. I can't do that. I can't actually quote it. But hey, don't insult my race. Basically, I'm not, dude. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they they dug it up. They found the dinosaur DNA. It was missing a bunch of the genome, so they filled in the genome with frog DNA, and then they they inserted it into uh, bird eggs that allowed them to grow. So yeah, science, scienced, and now we have dinosaurs. Word. Alex, wake up. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Well, while we're doing that, I'm going to go get a drink. Okay. Alex, we can't hear you. Dino DNA. Dino, got it. Okay, I got it. There it is. Zach's gonna go to the. I got it. Technical difficulties. Yeah, I paused the recording. Sweet. No, it's uh, my, I'm. I don't think we're gonna have a kick me out session today. I think okay. it's gonna work out. Okay. That's not, that's great. Zach's getting a drink. Zach's getting a drink. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a PP as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're at the part where they're at the lab. I am back from my drink. What's up? What I miss? Oh, okay. So Alex is back. His speaker died. Now oh, he did. Now he's taking a piss. Oh, okay. So recording is paused right now. Okay, he's back. He had to pee. Okay. I took a pee, not the piss, a pee. Three, two, one. Okay, we're back. Hey. And that's when I told her that you can't squeeze me there. <laughs> anyway, we're back. <laughs> oh, it's too late. It's too. It's way too late. Um. So. <clears throat> really. Would have never guessed. It's too late, Alma. Oh, too late, Alma. So, as I was saying, after... The Laura Dern did a thing, right? 
Alex's speaker so rudely interrupted me. Um, we're at the part where um, <clears throat> they made, the lawyer and Hammond pretty much made a bet. So they stop to find to we finally get our first shot of a dinosaur, our first real shot of a dinosaur, a Brachiosaurus. My God, have these ves- these special effects have barely aged a day. I'll be honest. I think I think the Brachiosaurus that moment didn't look very good on my TV, but the the, the everything else really did. For some reason, that one that one moment looked a little dated to me. But it's th- that moment. The moment still works for me. Like I was actually going to say, that <clears throat> moment, regardless of these special effects, still works wonders for me. And so does the moment when they're flying in on the helicopter to the island, and then you hear the theme for the first time. Yeah, like the moment that. I, I was actually not really at that moment, but when it hit, my head shot up, and I was <laughs> I, my eyes were on the screen, and I could not take it off. And that's it. Just this warmth of nostalgia warmed over my body, and I was like that 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 moment. Like there, this movie has just genuine moments to it. And even though, regardless of how that dinosaur looked, like I still I love when he's like, "Welcome to Jurassic Park." It just I'm works. Just All of it works so well. So welcome to Jurassic Park, and then now there is a plethora of dinosaurs, and uh, Alan Alan Grant just like, how did you do this? Hello. Oh no! Can you not hear me? What? I can hear you. Hello. Dude, I can hear you. What are you talking about? Yeah, I can hear. What's going on? What do you mean? What's going on? No. Alex, talk to me. Hi. What's up? Hey. What's wrong then? Nothing. Then what was the problem? I thought so, I, there was this, there was an awkward silence after I ended my speech, and I didn't know something was wrong. No, no, no I did. I, I, I replied pretty quickly. Okay. You know what? You know what, Chris? <laughs> that is it. That is it. I give up. I have tried, and you know what? You know what? Hashtag back to Exactly. Um. So. Alan Grant wants to know how they did it. So they move on to the uh, visitor center. Yes. That, that, I skipped over that paragraph, apparently. Um, so Alan and Ellie are astonished right now, but uh, Ian is still a little skeptical and concerned. Um, the real star of this movie, Mr. DNA. We had, dis- well, we had that's, already- interesting. that's actually an interesting character and an interesting thing to notice, because I, I haven't seen this in a while, and I really do... There is a moment later in the film that really highlights what he was trying to do, and, and Goldblum says it later when they're eating their food that he wanted to put it on a lunchbox and sell it. But like when I was watching it this time, and Mr. DNA showed up, I'm like, oh, this is Hammond's Mickey Mouse. Oh, oh, this is like this is crazy. He always wanted to be Walt Disney and sell this product. And so when we get to the last movie, there's a character that shows up, and he starts speaking for Hammond. And he starts saying these ideas that him and had in his mind when they were like, kind of quote partners, and uh, in the early days. And he totally just like contradicts everything this movie shows Hammond to truly be. So you want to keep these moments in mind where you sort of see the lunchbox. I'm selling this product of Jurassic Park in mind because it comes back in the fourth and fifth movies, and they start to really contradict who John Hammond was. And again, it starts to highlight what happens after Michael Crichton dies. 
So, um, this is where. Oh, and when they're done, when they're done with the program and they break themselves out of the thing again, life finds a way. So, this is what I was saying earlier, and then Zach went into more detail. But basically, Mister DNA explains that uh, mosquito dino blood stuck in mosquitoes stuck in tree sap after millions of years becomes ember. Then they, when we dig it up, which science could then science, so then boom, dinosaurs, and somehow frogs are involved. Okay, so the frogs are important. Frogs are important. Yes, they are. So they very much. Are. And we will, we will, we will find that out. So, so Alan, Ellie, and Ian have so many questions. They spring out of the seats. Because it's like a, a pro- amusement park ride where the platform starts to rotate, and like it's and then they're all like locked down like in a roller coaster. So then they bust out. Um, they spring out of the sheets and then uh, they just visit the lab. So um, and it's it's just it's just really funny because Hammond's like he no. sets this whole thing up just like he sets up the park. And he's like, they're like, what, can we get out of this? Can we get out of this? Like, we want to get out of this thing. And he's like, nope, it's a ride. You got to do it. And they just break out and they just keep doing this to him. And it's like, Hammond, you cannot control anything. You are totally screwed. So. So they they visit the lab. They arrive just in time to watch a baby dino be birthed. While the, uh, the, the, the psych, the, the. The psychiatrist from um, Special Victims Unit um, writes notes and takes the time and writes more notes. Um, Is he from Special Victims Unit? Yes. Nice. I watched the crap out of that show, right? Along with... Uh, I do not. You're going to like Split then. Split's pretty much that. Okay. You know what? I would say Split's more of a Criminal Minds episode. It's more of a Criminal Minds episode. I never really got into that. Um... Yeah, it's kind of like it's more like that to be honest. Where half the show is in the killer's perspective, yeah, it's more like that. So, um, they arrive just in time to watch a dino be birthed from an egg. So, BD One, um, so Doctor Wu, who uh, pay attention, kids. That name's gonna keep coming back in the later movies after Michael Crichton dies. Yep. Wu comes back. <laughs> um, so every dinosaur on the island is female, as he explains, so there's no unauthorized breeding. Ian is very skeptical, and he says, what, Alex? Uh, life, um, uh, finds a way. That wasn't that yeah. kind of an impression, but okay. Um, uh, mm, well, you can just, uh, mm, uh, uh, go, um, uh, find a way. <laughs> I'll show myself out. Um... Mm. So then they go to the raptor's pen while they watch a live cow get slaughtered by raptors in the bushes. As they discuss with Mr. Arnold about how intelligent these dinos are, they are problem-solving smart, like an octopus. And so then the, uh, the thing that the cow was lowered, in, lowered into comes up and it's just shredded. It makes me wonder how many of those things they go through. I know, right? How can you afford so many cows? We have milk to drink, okay? And they're spending it all on feeding dinosaurs. No. Unacceptable. 
You think there's like a guy who like has a farm with a bunch of cows on the island and he's got this little boy who's like best friends with all the cows. He's like, All right, Becky, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to the park, the amusement park, and then you're gonna be you're gonna be in the petting zoo, there's gonna be plenty of kids who go pet you and they're gonna think you're great, Becky. Thank you, great. And then a car drives up and it says Jurassic Park and there's a big dinosaur on it. It's two big fat guys with cigarettes pop out and they're like, Get it on there. Don't don't be don't be kind to it. Like they just tenderize the meat. It'll be good. <laughs> that's that's a cruel thought. Um Life finds a way. Um So then they have dinner around, surrounded by projectors. It's really weird. Um So Ian thinks that Hammond has no idea what kind of power he's waving around and he's just like selling it like Chris Stuckman when he reviewed Fallen Kingdom he used uh, Ian Malcolm's uh, line or dialogue from this scene to pretty much like it's like a, a meta commentary on what they've done to the franchise since the first one you know so hello oh, gosh dang it Alex no, I was on mute. I'm just, I was on mute. Oh, okay. The, the, remember, there's a party going on upstairs. Okay. <laughs> people, people are kind of like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm on the phone. Like, do my thing. So, okay. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> Ian thinks that Hammond has no idea what kind of power he's waving around. Like, you just didn't, you didn't think about the repercussions of this. Because, like, you just, you just upset like 65 million years of evolution. <laughs> um, so Hammond disagrees. He argues that he has top men, wink, working on this project. I added that. Um, I think Spielberg added that too. Nice call. I didn't catch it. No, he, did, he didn't say top men. I added that. I just, I not added oh, well, my own nice. nod. I like that. Well, that's nice. I was going to tell you guys, he has top men. Top men. Next when you know, say it, Zach, it sounds gross. Next, thing, next thing you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Next thing you know, we see the Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Co- Covenant. Um, oh. Harrison like, Ford comes out of one of the projectors. It's just like I bet when they were digging for Amber, there was like a crystal skull in there somewhere, <laughs> and a fedora, <laughs> and the Holy Grail, a bowl whip too, and Sean Connery. <laughs> He's just, it, maybe, he wait, it's like maybe, he has the Captain America. Dead Harrison Ford. It's the only way I can have a relationship with my son is if he digs me up. It's like he's like Captain America. He comes out of the amber. He's just like, first person he sees, Womack. <laughs> Guys, maybe maybe they'll find John Hurt in the stone. Like, who knows? Just... Get a needle in me. I'll find some dinosaur blood. <laughs> Um, anyway, life finds a way. Um, maybe Karen Allen will show up in the middle of the movie. <laughs> and they swap faces. No, that's Joan no, Allen. No, right? That's Joan Allen. I'm sorry. I, I got mixed up. Um, so Hammond disagrees, argues that he has top men working on the project, but Ian believes that it top is, quote, men. yeah, but Ian believes it is the, quote, I'm quoting this here, children, plug your ears. The raping of the natural world. Yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't use that phrase lightly. He builds up to it. And right. I actually think it's the appropriate phrase. 
Yes. So Alan and Ellie agree with Ian, uh, quoting um, Alan, um, how can we possibly know what to expect? So then uh, this is the part where um, Hammond's Hammond's grandkids arrive, um, Tim and uh, Lex. It's a, that's actually one of the most frightening scenes in the movie for me, Uh-oh. and I feel like that's how they that because there's two or three scenes where they really set up the danger. We don't see the danger with the T Rex, which is the best. I think it's such a slick move. The two moments of real, like actual frightening dinosaur action when you see our reptile, our, our raptors, and those are the things that we are to imply the most that that are the most dangerous. And then we see the the spitter happen later. But that's not even a real dinosaur, and it's very small, and, and it's got this weird thing to it. The first dinosaur we real that we really see that has like the first real moment of danger of like absolute terrifying chaotic danger is the T Rex, which is so smart. It's such a smart move, like Raptor this, Raptor this, and then T Rex comes out. That's so cool. So when I see those kids, it's already terrifying for me because the Raptors will eat up a cow no problem. When I see that there's kids here and I know dinosaurs are going to break out of here at some point, that legitimately terrifies me. When those kids scream for their grandfather, I get I get tense. I lock up. <laughs> um, so Hammond's grandkids arrive. Um, Tim bothers Alan rather innocently. Like, it's not the kids' fault. It's just Alan doesn't like kids. Um... <clears throat> So the kids are in the front. Yeah. So he puts the kids in the front car while the adults are in the rear car as they begin the test run of the tour, of the official tour. While Hammond, uh, Mr. Arnold, and Dennis run, th- and also um, Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, Dennis run things from the control room. Dennis sucks. He's a terrible human being. Um, he's an absolute slob. It reminded me of my own room. My own room is destroyed. Um, but he is a very smart individual. He is smart. So he has an inflated self worth though, and thinks that he's not getting paid enough, which I think is super hilarious because Hammond is walking around this movie going, "I spared no expense. I spared no expense. I spared no expense." And the reason that everything goes down is because one employee wasn't thought he was paid enough. Yeah. Yep. So. So they come to the first set of uh, dinos. What was the? Ah, oh, dang it! What were they called? Were these the raptors? The, fir- the first dinosaur they were supposed to see was the spitting dinosaur. The spitting dinosaur. Okay, they didn't see that. They didn't show up. There was nothing to see. They could see any dinosaurs until they get to the uh, Triceratops. Right. So, so everyone's disappointed. They yell at the guys in the control room are yelling at Dennis about headlights. And um, also, Mr. Arnold takes note of, a, of an approaching storm. So, the tour comes to the Rex pen with a live goat as a lure, and still nothing. Goat just sits there. So, as the cars are moving, Alan gets out, and eventually everybody else follows. <clears throat> Alan actually sees, I think he sees a jeep in the field. While um, Jeff Goldblum is hitting on his girlfriend. Right, 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 right. About chaos theory and all that. He just drops water on her hand, like, whatever. It's a smart, it's totally a tactic he's used before. It's just a way to get to hold her hand. It's just a way to get close to her. 
And yeah, it's it's totally a bar move. It's a bar mm-hmm. move for sure. So they come across a uh, a sick triceratops. Um, Ellie is fascinated. Says she needs to see its crap, and it's mountainous. And uh, Ian Malcolm pointed this out in such a flowery language, and he had no idea what this franchise was about to go through. It was about to surpass what mound of crap that was in front of him. Allegedly. So, let me see here. It, it, it's pretty interesting. I, I, I kind of... I don't really, I don't care about whether they make another one, but if they make another one and it's, it looks as insane as, as I hope it might, I'll, they'll probably, I'll probably go see it. <laughs> it's like Snowpiercer with dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> like I would laugh so hard. If there was a movie where Brady Vanity was stuck on a train and then they had to go from cabin to cabin because snooty high society dinosaurs had <laughs> taken over the front of the train, just like doing drugs, getting haircuts, and having like dinosaur teachers were teaching dinosaur children, and Captain America's like, "What the hell is going on here? What did I not jump my arm off?" <laughs> <laughs> all of them, and, and the great part of it is all of the characters be named Alan. So every we just constantly get raptors turning around going, Alan. No, here's no, no, no. The dinosaurs can only say Alan. No, that's too much. That's too much. <laughs> but if all the characters are named Alan, then it's just super funny. <laughs> it's like Alan. <laughs> Alan. No, other Alan. Oh God. By the way, we're. Down- and we run society. And it's a train that goes around the world because we we went too far. <laughs> <laughs> this must be made right now. Trademark. <laughs> For all the studios asking, Alex's number is... I'm kidding. Um, if, if, the of, if the end of the movie was just an Ed Harris dinosaur at the end, like, making this big speech. I mean, like, Alan, wake up! <laughs> and then it was all just a fever dream of Chris Evans as he was like deciding whether he wanted to sign the contract for the next Captain America movie. Right. All right. That James was... Gunn pops in. He's like, "I got a disgusting new movie to make." Chris Evans and him jump in the air. Pause. Freeze frame. <laughs> Apparently, Chris Evans unfollowed uh, James Gunn on Twitter. So, um. Okay, so I know where we're at now. Okay, so yeah, she wants to. So yeah, uh, Ellie wants to stay with the Dino, whilst the rest return to the lab because the storm is coming. Um. Meanwhile, Dennis hacks the security system, shuts it all down, so he can steal the embryos and escape the island. He crashes at a fork in the road. This happens like, this is all spread out. Like Dennis's journey to get the embryos off the island is like spread out throughout the next like 15 20 minutes it, it is the this is what again i like the structure of it. it it sets up the danger it sets up the characters when it goes to their trailer and asks them to come to this place it sets up um the inciting incident which is Wayne getting the uh can 
and then the kids come in and all that stuff and the themes of the movie are brought to the table you see a few dinosaurs the first time and then this is the incident this is the thing that sets the movie off onto its foot this is why they need to take their time because it's not necessarily just about following his character to his end degree it's that we we think we're going to see him escape with this thing we think that the canister and him are going to meet some kind of thing but he doesn't he dies and the can goes nowhere and it does nothing and the worst part of it is nobody can fix the park but him that's the that's the inciting incident you think you're going to follow this guy down a path of conspiracy and espionage he doesn't and everyone suffers for it that's what these new movies don't understand they follow the trail to the conspiracy they follow it down to wherever that can was supposed to be and that and spielberg's like no 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 no, no. you have a park full of dinosaurs shut off the park that's why it's great yep this next scene was awesome so two cars start yes i i've completely underestimated how awesome this scene is and it just puts all the rest all it just puts jurassic world to shame to me yeah says that's the only other jurassic park movie that i've seen besides this one now, I, I always say this a lot when we're talking about uh, when I talk about this with other movies and talk about Spielberg in general and, and, and talk about Jurassic Park and my favorite thing is when you when you watch this movie and you've seen before it when they're watching the goat and the goat does nothing there is no cliff on the other side of the road it's it's jungle on both sides but when you come back and they're stuck there and the T-Rex goes after them all of a sudden there's a cliff and the only reason you don't care is the pacing and the and the sheer fun of the dinosaur attack scene. It's it's so perfect. It's so well done. That's a huge that's a huge continuity error. And you don't care. Nobody cares. The movie's great. Yeah. I mean I would almost say that like it is probably one of the best done action scenes of all time. I mean it's it's beautiful. You're you're in it till the very end of the scene and even then <clears throat> The, the effects of the scene are felt throughout the whole movie. There's a huge lead-up to the movie, and then the effects of the movie literally kick off a large chunk of the drama of the movie. Sorry. Ah. Something stuck in my throat there. All right. It is... To give a example of what the... Cl- like, what... For, for those who, you know, don't do much for watching movies, but they watch, you know, new stuff, the closest equivalent to this in a modern movie that you'd reckon recognize is this this scene is basically jurassic park's equivalent to the battle on titan slash the battle of wakanda where in in infinity um yeah uh, no 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 no. i'm not saying in terms of quality i'm saying in terms of what it of how it's used in the movie those two sequence that sequence is it's paddock I mean, I get, I'm, I'm I get what you're kind of talking about, but I also would think so because that is again what the entire movie is leading <laughs> up. The more that like this, the point of this point is again what I brought up before was like really interesting is that the danger in this movie that they set up is not just dinosaurs. They tell you a T Rex is there and stuff, but all of the real sheer like like danger that they show you is raptor based. You get an idea of what the raptors are like, what the raptors can do. But the first thing that really fucks things up is a Tyrannosaurus Rex because you don't see it coming. 
Like, that's the thing. And it's not even the end of the movie because he shows up again. He chases them in the car. Hell, he stays the day at the end of the movie. So the entire arc of the character of the T-Rex actually comes into play later. It, it's, it's, this is more along the lines of, like, a big, huge... This, is, this, to me, is like the Hulk coming out at Avengers. In the first Avengers movie, when, you, when he turns around and swings it and he starts screwing things up, like, I would compare this to the end of the Avengers. Because that's the character who shows up and really is the one that everyone enjoys by the end of it. He has the great moment. He's all CGI-based. It's his entrance. And, like, that's the thing about the T-Rex. You don't see it coming. You don't think it's going to be that fun. And then he just comes in swinging, breaking cars, screwing things up. When, he, when, when Alan pulls out the flare and tries to get his attention and the T-Rex looks at him and you can see inside its eyes, like, that scared me this time. I was just sitting right in front of my TV, and that legitimately frightened me. It, it's it, it's a it's a very well done puppet, and it's a well done CGI. That's where the CGI really wins for me, and I, I just love this T Rex man. I think it's the best entrance of a character in a movie in a long time. So, let me break it down. So, in the middle of the rain, it's probably nighttime. Uh. Tour cars stop in front of the Rex pen. There's just like rain. There's like like nothing's happening. They're all just calm. Then Tim sees something. He sees vibrations in the glass of the water glass that's on the dashboard. Then he not- Then we notice that when we first get there, the goat's still there. Then he notices that the goat's gone. It's like and then Lex notices it. I think that's how it happened. So then. They notice, or we figure out, no, Lex asks, wait, where's the goat? Then the goat's leg falls on top of the kid's Jeep. And Lex freaks out. Camera pans up to the T-Rex just swallowing the goat. Um, But nobody, yeah. But nobody really sees the T-Rex yet. Um, so then it notices that the, that the, I think Alan and Ian notice the wires starting to come undone from the pan. And then the lawyer, the lawyer, um, runs, um, Runs from the jeep, from the kids' jeep, and into the bathroom that's like right across the street, or the, from the and dirt road that they're in. We get another very iconic scene from this movie. Then the T Rex comes up. Let me mind you. Let me let me remind you. There's no sound. There's no like. There's no music playing. There's no triumphant music playing. Like grand epic nope. music playing. It's just silent. It's just letting the moment speak for itself. So, at this point, T-Rex is just walking around and Ian's just like, um, Alan tells Ian, remain still. Their sight is based on movement. That has to be where every subsequent part that any movie that has done this since then has gotten it from this. Has to. So stupid thing so 
from there, so the the T-Rex kind of walks around, and then the kid, no, Lex pulls out a giant torch and starts waving it around, and it's like, and Alan and Ina in the other car are like, turn the light off, turn the light off. So the T-Rex is now just like scoping around the kid's uh, Jeep, and excuse me, okay, we're good. So then. It shines it directly in its face. It shines the light directly in its face. They try to turn it off, and then the then the T Rex wants into the um the Jeep, so then it starts it banged through the ceiling window. And now they're holding it back with the with like plexiglass. This giant T Rex they're holding back with plexiglass. <clears throat> and so then the T the Rex then tips over the Jeep. And steps on it and is crushing the Jeep. And Tim and Lex are about to, like, drown in mud or be crushed by the Jeep. So then Alan reaches in the backseat, grabs a flare. He steps out. He starts waving in front of the T-Rex. And then he ta- and then he tosses it away. Then the T-Rex then goes after him. Then Ian comes out of the Jeep and is just like, hey, come after me. And he says, and Alan's like, dude, get out of there. And then Ian's like, just get the kids out of here. And so then the T-Rex, so then he's running towards the bathroom. The T-Rex knocks him into the bathroom as he, as the lawyer's sitting down taking a squat. And then the dino, the big giant dinosaur, is, just collapses the entire bathroom, just leaving the lawyer and the toilet he's sitting on. And then he eats the lawyer, uh, leaving uh, Ian un- unconscious. So then, with this opportunity, um, Alan goes to get the kids out the Jeep. He get, manages to get Lex out, but Tim is stuck. So then the, the, the Rex then turns to them. There's this long, tense scene of them trying to make sure they don't get seen by the, uh, um, by the T-Rex. So then, they're pinned up against the wall. Tim, or not Tim, Alan climbs over the wall, takes uh, Lex on his shoulders, and then they start to climb down the wall. But then the Jeep, but then the the T-Rex is going to send the Jeep overboard, over the wall. God, I'm taking forever. Um, So then the Jeep falls. They manage to just barely get out of the way, but the, the Jeep gets stuck in a tree. No soundtrack, no, like, no, like, no over-the-top soundtrack, no over, it, this moment didn't overdo anything, it just, it just happened, and it spoke for itself, putting all subsequent movies to shame. Man, that took forever, I apologize. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, and it's still quite not technically over yet. No. So, okay. Let me, let me figure this out here. Into a tree. So then, the tr- so then, yeah. So, Tim is stuck in a, tr- Tim is stuck in the tree in the Jeep. Alan tells Lex to stay, he- stay, where she is, 
while he goes climbs the tree. So then it's just um, Alan getting Tim out of a, out of a, out of the jeep of the tree, but then the the jeep is chasing them on the way down, like threatening to crush them. So then we get to the so then they get to the bottom, but then the <laughs> almost get crushed by the jeep, and then Tim is like, Alan. We're back in the <laughs> we're back in the jeep because <laughs> that's where they started at the top of the tree. But that was a long, it's intense scene. Good. I've got to work on my recaps. Um, Indeed. So it was at this point. Where, okay, so then the guys in the control room are figuring out what Dennis did. And uh, how they tricked him while uh, Dennis... This is the part where Dennis uh, runs into the poisonous dinosaur, gets spit in the face, and then... Um, we never really got to see him paralyzed. Nope. So, uh, he was probably eaten before then. Yeah, he was. So he was eaten in the Jeep while the Barbasol can falls down the river and then gets covered in just gratuitous amounts of mud. Um, it's gone forever. So, so, uh, Mr. Arnold and Ellie go looking for Alan and the kids. They find the remains of the lawyer and Ian, and an unconscious Ian, who's regaining consciousness, along with the Jeep wreck. No one's there, but the T-Rex shows up and they flee by the skin of their teeth. This is where we got the Jeff Goldblum I'm of Jeff Goldblum line of must go faster that was referenced that was referenced in independence day three years later yeah it's a, it's uh it's interesting because um yeah you think like he has an opportunity to die and you you can kill enough but the fact that they don't is fairly interesting they just knew they were going to make a Jurassic world fallen kingdom they just knew um, the lead of Lost World. Yeah, can't believe they decided to make a franchise out of this. Um, so, so Alan and the kids are away from the jeep wreck. Oh, jeez, and they f- find refuge in a tree overlooking the overlooking the Brachiosaurus feeding ground. There was a funny quip where, um, like Lex is like I. Or Tim is like, I just cannot stand trees. And then Lex is like, I, I'm perfectly fine with trees. And then Tim just perfectly says, well, you weren't in the last one. <laughs> Brilliant. I freaking laughed so hard. So they're overlooking the, the Brachiosaurus feeding ground. Um, okay. It was actually uh, pretty smart to put Alan with the kids. Because that's how that's what they set up in the beginning of the movie. <clears throat> well, I do think it's very it's very interesting. He doesn't like kids, and he doesn't. I mean, he but he is also good with them. He, he like he is scary and a little weird to that jerk kid. But it seems like that kid was probably a jerk all day, and he does teach the kid a lesson, and the kid does learn something. And then later, when they're walking um, around, I think, to the Triceratops at 6, the girl trips uh, in a hole, and he grabs her hand and helps her up right away. 
and she like has a little crush on him after that but like he has the ability to be a good parent he has the ability to be even a good teacher it's it's in him naturally he just for some reason chooses to not go down that path so he promises to it would stay be out. like it's like i it would be like yeah if i was if I was a good dad, but I just didn't want to be a father. Like, I don't want the responsibility of being a father, despite the fact that I'm really good with kids kind of a thing. Mm. So he promises to stay up to uh, watch over the kids. <clears throat> so Hammond is eating dinner in the visitor center. When uh, Ellie comes in, he reflects about the, he reflects about the situation and says that they won't repeat it the next time. Ellie can't believe what he's saying when his grandchildren and her love is out there with a Rex lurking around. Like, then people are dying, and he's concerned about, like, the next time. He's like, we won't make the same mistake with animation. Like, he's still obsessed about making this work and franchising the whole thing. Going back to what Ian said during the uh, dinner with the project with the projectors. Yeah. Like more than anything, he wants to sell it. As much, I, I believe, like, that's the thing about Walt Disney. Like, Walt Disney had this idea of what, like, warmth and family ideas and family values and how to portray that and how people can enjoy things as a family. And yes, to a certain extent, he could package that and sell it, but that was what he did at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that's what he tried to do more than anything. Like, that's what, that's what I find really interesting about a movie like Saving Mr. Banks with Tom Hanks. Is that it? Understand that it understood that idea more than anything. That he could take an idea like Mary Poppins, he could narrow it down to something really universal, and then share it with the world so that we all enjoyed it. And that is, there's good things and bad things with that. People enjoying it isn't bad, but people running out and buying things that you give them and just stick the character on, like a pencil or a hat or something. That that's when things get really, really weird. Yeah, I would agree. And to be that person, I can see where that line could get muddied for you. I can see how John Hammond could have been like, originally, I want to clone dinosaurs and make them really great for everyone. But uh, eventually, somewhere along that line, got sold into the idea of an amusement park and selling that Walt Disney style. But I, we don't see that arc. We never see that journey. There's a hint of it in him, but I don't think it was ever really the overpowering factor. I think the moment he thought he could do it is the moment he thought he could sell it. That's always who Hammond was. So, Alan and the kids wake up. They feed a brachiosaurus. Then, they come across hatched eggs. Life found a way. You're darn right it's it like did. It looks like that stupid frog DNA they used to fill the holes was made from frogs that had the ability to be asexual and produce on their own. Uh, uh That's... Not, is that how it worked? Uh, they changed yep. sex. Yes, that is how it worked. Yep, they changed sex. They became asexual. I see. It actually... I I know we're not going to talk about this, so I'm going to talk about it here. Okay. Uh, in the book, the back end of like the story's whole issue was that the dinosaurs were reproducing like mad and they ha and like they they needed to kill them which resulted in literally the um the uh the Korea, uh, the Costa Rican government just like like bombing the whole island to kill everything to make sure they all stayed dead that's how you end a book yeah okay 
Everything so like dies. The, it sounds like the end of a Resident Evil game. Um, just you just nuke it. Um, just nuke the island. Get it all done. Where are we at? So, yeah, life found a way. So back Darn at the, right, did. Back at the control center, they debate whether or not shutting down the system will work and wiping out what Dennis did to the system. But, uh, E. So, Hammond uh, tells Samuel L. Jackson, people are dying. Shut it down, please. So they do it. The power's out, but apparently it worked because the computer is still on. Uh, they just need to turn the power on. That's when Mr. Arnold and um, Ellie um, leave. All I wrote down in my notes for this next part was Alan and the kids watch a Rex kill a smaller dino. I mean, that is what happens. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It's just, it's just the beauty. It's the beauty of it. It's the just. It's, it's the fun of watching them run in the field and seeing those dinosaurs with them, and then seeing the T Rex just go to town on one. It's just. It's again. It's the. It's. It's standing there and going, look at the beauty and the majestic nature of these dinosaurs. Oh my God, they're eating everything. Run for your life. <laughs> so this part. This part actually got me when I first saw the movie. Um, so Ellie and Arnold go to the power station. Arnold notices something. Notices they're being hunted. He goes, he goes off to find out what it is. While Ellie heads inside the the power station bunker, he, with the help of Hammond and uh, Ian over the radio, she navigates around and finds the panel. While that is happening, Alan and the kids are. Climbing the electrified fence since the power is out. Tim is the last one on the fence and Ellie is turning on the systems. She flips the last switch and Tim is launched from the fence with 10,000 volts of electricity into Alan's arms, unconscious. It, it's really crazy because what you're watching is two different scenes. You're watching this other scene where you're seeing... The, you, you're watching the calmness that these like that Grant and the kids have. And the cool nature that them just climbing a fence and calmly doing it. And then the intense nature of watching these other two try and escape getting hunted by raptors. And then the added nature of if one succeeds, the other one might not. It's pretty cool. And then they both succeed somehow. By the skin of their teeth. Yes. Although Samuel Jackson did not. Yeah. So... So... Fiction Samuel wouldn't have that. So Ellie is joyful when a raptor jumps her from until a raptor jump, jumps her from behind. Um, she manages to she manages to escape the bunker after she finds a hand, which happens to be a certain someone we know's hand. Wait, whose hand? It's, the, it's, uh, it's Mace Windu's. Really? really? I didn't it's know. Mace I didn't you know. know that was Samuel Jackson? I did not know. I didn't. I don't remember him leaving Chris, the control did center. You watched the same movie we did because I don't think you did. I'm sorry. I watched the version where Mr. Arnold wasn't holding a shotgun. He was holding just a giant branch. Uh, like they did the same thing no. with. They did the same thing with Jurassic Park that they did with ET. With the guns and the yep, walkies. Giant walkie talkie. It said now everybody's holding a giant branch. Makes okay, sense. Well, let's be clear here, boys. 
Mr. Arnold died. Okay. Hold on a he second. Did, hold on a second. He, when he did, did go, Hold on, Zach. I'm sorry, Zach. Hold on. Let me let me let me work this out. When did Samuel Jackson leave the control center? When he had to Samuel, turn off the Samuel power. Jackson left, Samuel Jackson left earlier to turn on the uh, a specific part of the generators. And if that was a success, then everything else could be turned on. It had to be done manually. So he went to do it on his own. Uh, they just didn't think there, there was going to be a problem. He made it all the way oh. up into the... That's why they went to go. She went to go see what the problem was, why he was taking so long. And then she took the hunter with him. And they made it almost all the way there. And she was like, Mr. Arnold, where are you? When she figured it out. And it turns out he, a raptor got in there with him and ate him. I did. I must have missed that. He did not go off to a happy farm, guys. He did not fall asleep. He died. It's, so, it's one of the weirdest things about the movie. The movie is a bit long, but honestly, I wouldn't have minded an extra scene to watch him go there and get hunted by some raptors. I would have loved to have seen the actual hunt of the raptors uh, go after Arnold and the, him like going for the door at the last second and a raptor coming in behind him. It would have been great. Yeah. So... We then got a scene. The quotable line in the movie. Mr. Arnold is hunt is uh, trying to look for this raptor, and this raptor manages to hunt him. So he turns to it, and he says, Clever girl. Then he gets eaten. Yep. In the face. Clever girl. In the face. Yeah, clever girl in the face. Um, it's so it's, it's really sad when you think about it because from the very beginning of the movie, he's like, can we just kill these things? They're going <laughs> to eat us all. Like, can we please just kill them? Because they're going to kill every one of us. Oh my gosh, clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan manages to resuscitate Tim and they make it back to the visitor center. Alan goes to find the others whilst Tim and Lex uh, chow down on the entire buffet. Um, Alan reunites with Ellie, but Ellie tells him to run, which is the line that every movie has, I think, made a staple. Um, I'm sure everybody in that movie says run at least once. Yeah. So, um, so, but, so, but the kids find a raptor. Dun, dun, dun. Lurking around. So they retreat into the kitchen and hide. Laura Dern, they're, they're loading up on shotguns. And the raptor opens the... Then Laura Dern says something about um, them not being able to open doors. Then a raptor opens a door. Yep. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. Life does find a way, guys. Is that going to be our new Back to Willow? I know I've said that numerous times, but I feel like it's going to be the thing now. If it happens in a movie, but that's literally the theme of the movie. Like, every time someone thinks something's not going to happen, they think that they're safe and that they've controlled their environment. Life finds a way. The movie's not... That's what makes it a really good movie. It's stuff like right. that. It's that life finds a way, guys. So... Every time... Every time there's someone says they're pregnant in a movie, life finds a way. Oh, So the raptor opens the door, calls its friends, and they look around. The kid maneuver. The kids maneuver around the kitchen to avoid detection, 
But then stuff is falling from the counters and he's giving them away. Tim is about to get got, but Lex lures them away. One falls for a mirror of Lex, smashes into the, the countertop. Or the the the, um, the 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 door into a metal door. So the well, other I just didn't find a way. So the other the kids managed to lure into a freezer and locked him in. That is cruel. Why? It is cruel, but at the same time, it's 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 dog eat dog right now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just I gotta backtrack for a second. There was a line that Lower Dern said. Where okay, so Jeff Goldblum's like, so God creates dinosaurs. God wipes out dinosaurs. God, God creates, creates man. Man, man, man creates man kills God. And then man. man creates dinosaurs. Yep. Lord Dern says, dinosaurs eat man, women take over the earth. You're darn right. I do love that and moment. And guess what's happening now, okay. Right. Um, I, I do love that moment because both the guys look at her, but Jeff Goldblum or, or Ian Malcolm is like worried. He's like kind of like scared by that statement. But Grant <laughs> is smiling. Because he knows Ellie, he know he knows what he knows that she's just that's who she is. Right. He just gets her. Anyway, back here we're at the, towards the end here, guys. So we're we're about to we're about to beat this movie to to its end. So the other gets locked into a freezer and uh, is probably frozen to death. Um, the kids run back to Alan and Ellie, and they all retreat to the control center. Raptors hot on their tail, and, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, so, Alan and Ellie hold the door shut as Lex reboots the security system and locks the door, because, you see, she is a hacker. That was mentioned before they came across the fence. That she was a hacker. It was a blink and you'll miss it, a uh, piece of dialogue. Yeah, but honestly, if she'd have just, like, you know, gone over there and helped them shut the door, it would have been perfect. Or helped pick up the gun. She could have run over there and picked up the gun. So, But then there's nothing stopping the T-Rex from eating them later on. Yeah, but you still could have grabbed the gun and shot that dinosaur and then done the hacking. Oh, well. Um, so... You're dumb. You're dumb. I mean, she can hack, and I can't hack. At least I could probably hack a 19. You know, it'd probably be harder to hack a 1993 computer. I like how they. I like how earlier they pointed out. Look, it's a interactive CD-ROM. <laughs> hey, touch oh, in the cars, and this will be predicted. Oh man, how far we've come. Um, how far we've come. Man, let me just use my floppy disk. Um, you know, life finds a way. Life finds a way with a floppy disk. Um, Every time. Let's see here. Oh yeah, so she reboots the security system and locks the door. Then and then the, the phones are back. So then we got Mr. Hammond. The phones are working. Um. So then the raptor decides to break through the window, and uh, the humans escape through the reception to the into the reception area. Or the, the first room you see in the visitor center, the main visitor center room. They scaled the model Rex bones. That's all I wrote. Um, 
So they're about to be eaten That's by... right. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I don't get it. Um... Because they were stuck in the ceiling. Raptors were eaten from, from the floor. So they're about to be eaten by the raptor when the Rex, when the T Rex arrives and uh, pounces on it, on the raptor. That they uh, they use this opportunity to leave the visitor center building and find Ian and Hammond waiting. Ellen will not endorse the park. Neither will Hammond. And so the chopper comes and they all ride into the sunset, whilst the kids um, are asleep right right neck on either side of um. Of uh, Alan, and uh, roll credits. A minus. A minus. Why an A minus? What do you mean why an A minus? This movie's great. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what the A minus is. What's the minus for? What's the minus for? Uh, it's not as good as Jaws. Oh, oh nice, it's interesting. Um, we're gonna need a bigger boat. I'm gonna have to go an wow. A. Straight A, okay. I'm gonna go A, yeah. Zach, wake up. I'm I mean I'm here. I like whatever. <laughs> yes! yes! I'm thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to think? Like apparently I'm not allowed to think. That was yeah. um that was no. all. Yeah. You know you're not allowed to think unless you run it by me first through text message. You know that's the case. Or else <laughs> I kill your dog. You own a uh, a golden Labrador named Fluffy, right? No. Oh my gosh, I do no, not know named Fido. Oh, I'm sorry, Zach. You can do whatever you want. I apparently have no leverage over no, you. His, name's, <laughs> his, his name is Air Bud. Let me be clear here, Alex. I don't own just one dog. I own three. And they will Oh my gosh, you. then I made... Them. Is all, one of them a, a golden retriever named Fluffy that likes peanut butter? No. A lot? No, 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 okay, no, no. Then I, no, no, no. What, I don't know whose dog I have. Listen, I'm keeping it. Alex, they're all yes. they're all cloned, and they're all they all have frog in them. Yep. Are they named Blue? <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, technically, I mean, you do you, man. Okay. No, oh, man, I'm this dog then. Me and Fluffy, we're best friends. I stole you from a guy on the street. He chased me down, but he stripped on the street. And then he got hit by a car. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd say an A. I'd agree with, with Alex. I, I'm, I'm A. I'm at a, a nice A. There's very few things about this movie that I dislike. I just think for what it is, it's perfect. I think it, yes. I think there are better movies than it for what they are, but I think for what it is, it it's almost perfect. I mean, there are very few like there are very few A pluses in my in my game, and when I do like see one, I'm I'm totally willing to give it to it. And I think Jaws is the A plus. When I think about it, I don't even, I don't know if I gave it the grade then, but if I'm going to compare them to, I would say Jaws is an A plus for what it is. Um, I, and I do think it is the better one, but it's just more simple and does more with its execution. Um, it, whereas I think Jurassic Park is, I think it's like, I, 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 just, I think it's equal par masterpiece and it's just so elegant on so many ways. But it's also just, uh, a, you know, a dinosaurs attack people movie. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's proper elevation to um, several set pieces, but Jaws to me is... A lot of build to what is essentially um, 
one of the best third acts to a movie ever made. And, and you don't, it's not, it's like a 40 minute set piece. It's great. It's crazy. Yeah, I would agree. So, but to, to, I can see why this movie had the impact it does. I see why this movie was as nostalgic as it is. I see why people still come back to like I ever like why I still watch this movie. I may watch it again just in time, um, or like within the next couple of days again. But I, I it, there's a reason why I like Lost World, and and there's a reason why I like this. And both of both of these movies understand that they're just functional narratives for action set pieces where dinosaurs come and eat people. That's it. Like, that's all you need. You don't need a lot more than that, and you don't chase the wrong uh, uh, threads. And to, yeah. to chase the, the conspiracy theories, to chase the sci-fi elements uh, too fast, to follow the aerosol can is the wrong choice, and that's exactly what these later movies are doing, and it's, it's funny... And it's kind of insane to watch them do it because it's not, it, they're not successful at it. So, yeah. So, apparently it's all downhill from here. No, I've, I, I, think it's, I think that Lost World is not as good as Jurassic Park, but I don't think it's as terrible as people remember, especially when you compare it to these other movies. When you compare Lost World to um, – Fallen Kingdom or the third movie, it's like the third best of the series. I think I yeah. think Jurassic World. Is, I think you can make a fair argument for Jurassic World being a more fun and entertaining movie than Lost World. But for me, I like Spielberg a lot, and I like his set pieces, and I like his vibe, and I like um, the way he, he moves his camera and the way he like frames the scene. So there's a lot visually that I enjoy about Lost World and the way it feels. Um, versus how the fourth movie feels. The fourth movie doesn't feel like a Jurassic Park movie, but it is a very entertaining movie when I watch it. So those are kind of tied for me right now, and I can't wait to watch the next one and feel it. But they're like, the second one is not as bad as people remember. It really isn't. So after the next one, it's downhill. I, 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 the quality starts to go down. I think the next one is probably my guess. I'm going to watch it and give it like, at, at the lowest, a B, maybe a B minus. But like I, there is no doubt in my mind the third movie is at least a C plus. All yeah. Right. All right then. So, next next time, we are doing the Lost World Jurassic Park two. Yep. It's gonna be all Ian Malcolm, all the time. And Vince Vaughn and Julianne Moore. And, oh, uh, Vince and Vaughn is in it. Yeah. yeah, Vince Vaughn did it, man. It's, it's his first big movie after Swingers. Wow, okay. <clears throat> My only question is, why do they even decide to make a franchise out of this, given the ending of this movie? Why? Besides money. Because... Besides because money. It was a huge hit. Because it's a huge hit, and to be honest, they're, they're, the first movie is a really great movie. There's no doubt in my mind. But there, there's... I think what Spielberg watched <clears throat> with the Jaws movies is he saw... Um, he saw the second movie and he was like, I, I could have done that and I could have probably made that better. And then the movies went down a path that he didn't want them to. And I think he saw an opportunity with The Lost World because he'd never made a sequel to one of his other movies before to make a sequel that might actually satisfy fans the way that Jaws 2 did not. And in my opinion, I think he got halfway there at least. And I think it's better than... I think it's a better sequel than Jaws 2 is to Jaws. But 
I haven't seen Jaws 2 in a long time, and I've seen and Lost World is like a nostalgic for me. That's one of those movies that I watched right before I left my last Air Force base as a kid, and like I, I went to go see it with like really memorable friends. But the movie in and of itself, I remember watching and being like that cliff scene with the two trailers is amazing. The 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 waterfall scene is pretty fun when people are getting stomped on. Like I think it's not a bad movie. It's not garbage, like people say it is. No, the Lost World. <clears throat> so, next week, or next time, the Lost World Jurassic Park 2. See you yeah. guys then. Say goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.